Whoa, watch out. Here we come. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TMNT Shellcast. I am your host for today, John, and with me, as always, are Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I am in Canada, so shout out to all our Canadian listeners. I, you know, tried to meet every single one of you. Unfortunately, I didn't have time, so maybe next time. But I am uh, in America's hat right now, so hello, everyone. Very nice. Yeah. Hello, the first shout out, shout out Toronto, first, Dave. Yeah. Ah, fuck. I should have. I'm not in Toronto, so sorry, Dave. However, this is the first international episode, like recorded episode. So just floating that out there. Yeah. If we were paying taxes on any income that we earn from this podcast, Andrew would be filing taxes in the great country of Canada. Maybe a little foreshadow for later. Chris, and also with me is Chris. Chris, the youngest. How are you, Chris? Yes, I'm good. I am not in Canada, although my background would suggest maybe I am with all the log cabin stuff going on. So in the US of A, greatest country on earth. Yeah. Chris sporting a Woodstock t-shirt. Yes. Very nice. Woodstock, Woodstock. The, the Peanuts character, perhaps? Mayhaps? No. No, not perhaps. This was actually, I got this at Woodstock. Just kidding. I bought it online. Very nice. Or offline, depending on how you Chris, would say it. Let's see. Chris, are you a supporter of people wearing shirts of bands and or concerts that they didn't go to? Yes. I hate music snobs, so wear whatever you want. I mean, I guess, I don't know why you would wear a band shirt if you didn't listen to them, but do what you want. I don't really care. A lot of people in the golf community say that you shouldn't wear golf attire from courses that you haven't played or been to. Notably the Masters. Yeah. I feel like America is so pretentious these days. Like, just do you and let everybody else do them, and we'll all be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a lot in store for this episode. This is episode 25 from season three, Corporate Raiders from Dimension X, a Foot Soldier's favorite episode. So I want to make sure we do it justice and have enough time for the recap. But first, Chris, Chris, what is first? Everyone's favorite segment. Uh, it's the pizza punishment. So last week, Andrew, if you would remind us how the pizza spinning went, because I don't remember uh- yeah, you know, I would love to, Chris. So, fortunately, um, you know, I am not pulling this from memory. If you want to see my amazing remembrance skills, go back a few episodes when I recite the villain power ranking from uh, memory. But this is not that case. Uh, what happened, Chris? Well, John is actually <laughs> eating pizza this week. I yeah. ate a very controversial cherry pie pizza last episode. Some people were a little upset in the preparation, but regardless, John lost the pizza poll. He spun. 
I believe, if memory serves me correct, he landed on shrimp, puff, and fruit cheese. Co- he landed on no. fruit cocktail. Fruit cocktail was the first one. Yes. Whereupon, whereupon John user. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Andrew used a respin. Yeah, John. John spun fruit cocktail. Andrew used a respin. John spun hot dog. Chris used a combo slice. Whereupon John landed on shrimp puff and cheese dip. Then he used a respin, which he got stuffed crust. Um, and that was it. So John has stuffed crust hot dog pizza. Yes, yes. he does. And Chris was incredulous that I got. When it landed on stuffed crust, he just exclaimed, it gets even better. And I I have to say, I've never been so excited to eat a piece of pizza. Whoa. <laughs> that actually maybe doesn't look very good. What is that? That's not fucking what octopus that? tips on there? Octopus <laughs> no, tentacles? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what is that? Giant olives sliced? No, no I... I'll oh, spiralize. Weren't you going to yes. spiralize the hot dog? Okay, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, I cut up the hot dog. That's I a burnt fucking hot dog. You burnt the shit out of that. No, it just looks... It's the lighting. Um, and so I had... I got the DiGiorno's not delivery stuffed crust pizza. And I, I have to say, I'm just very excited. Let me... I'll text you a, a, both a photo of this, which looks much more appetizing. And then you can discuss it while I eat this slice of pizza. But I'm very much looking forward to eating this. Quite and the, here I go. Quite the stretch for DiGiorno's. I feel like, didn't I do two DiGiorno's pizzas? And now John's doing a third when we hadn't seen it for like the first 40 episodes? Yeah. That is just... That's a good point. The, the mailman. I mean, that doesn't look like good terrible. hot dog. I'm just going to say. And why is it stacked so high? Like, I would have thought you would just do like pepperoni slices of hot oh. dogs and just... Mm. I mean, did you see the photo he texted? It looks like Chinese takeout uh, boneless spare ribs. They taste so good. I'm in heaven right now. Ooh, yeah, it is like glazed. <laughs> if you had, if you showed me that photo, I'd never guess that was hot dog in a million years. Yeah, it's true. Mm. I almost thought it was caramelized onions that he put on top. Like originally, you know, when they get like really dark, like almost burnt. How did you yeah, or mushrooms prepare or something? this hot dog? I did think it was mushrooms as well. <clears throat> wow. And the question is, John. is the stuffed crust just the edge crust or the whole crust of the pizza? The under crust. What a psycho question. Is that? Mean, that would be Why is that tremendous? psycho? That would be a pretty good has idea. It, has anyone okay. tried that from a commercial scale like a... That's not a stuffed crust. That's like, what would you call that? Stuffed dough pizza? Like a grilled maybe? cheese pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know, but I so well, we should do it. I dibs on that idea. Well, how did I prepare that hot dog? I sliced it. I julienned it, if you will. And I put it in a little sauce in a saute pan, crisped it up, and added it to the pizza. That was delicious. I'm not going to lie. The hot dog was crispy, had a good texture. The DiGiorno's was popping in my mouth right now. And my cat is like, wants to eat it. I'm going to rate that a 9.59. $9.59 for that pizza. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it, was, I just, it was so good. Maybe it was because it was an all-beef hot dog. Uh, Nathan's oh, hot dog. That's the exact. worst hot dog. 
I, that's the worst. Ah, that's An so all beef hot dog, fucking gross. You need the pork, the mixed one. Cam's pork and whatever hot dog. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So, John, you said 959. Nine. Is that right? That is not your highest scored pizza because nope. your highest scored pizza was Cocoa Puffs at a perfect 10. Um, however, that's up there. I mean, that may, might be number two all time. Wow. It's well worth it. Is John's pizza scoring credible? That's the question. you damn right it is. Maybe it's also just because I'm very hungry after a day's worth of work. But, wow. Okay. Chris. Well. Stuck on that. <clears throat> Yeah, I will listen. Not what I was expecting, but I'm glad that you shafted it up a little bit at least. So, some effort yes. there. Good to see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, so John, just let me do it. I was doing a little sorting in Excel. John loves meat on his pizza, whether it's meatball, hot dog. What else do you have up there? Extra crispy crust, mushroom. Those are all your over eight and above pizzas. So quite interesting. Meanwhile, something like garlic is sitting at $6.50 or white pizza sitting at six seventy one. So John. I had garlic. You did. <laughs> you just poured your. F- no, was that you or was that me? <clears throat> I don't think that was Who, me. Didn't you just pour your garlic sauce on top of your pizza and call it garlic pizza? I, think I don't even remember you. garlic. Pizza. Yeah, I don't remember that. Either. Oh yeah, yeah. It was John, it was fucking yeah, John. Remember, if you yeah. like the pizza was like three days old because we got the late. Yeah, yep. Oh, episode, that's right. Yeah, yeah, episode yeah. twenty nine, John. Episode twenty nine. Check it out. <laughs> All right, so that was pizza time. Anything else to add, Andrew? Chris, are you mad that I had a good pizza? What sauce did you cook it in? Was it like a like an Asian? Um, because what just a what little turned bit it brown? Of, was it cast iron? I don't. Just I just don't understand that. Maillard reaction. I just he fucking took a little olive oil. He fucking it. burnt it. Is what he did. <laughs> no, I, Chris, you're the one that likes burnt pizza. I've never no, seen a hot dog pizza. that color ever. Which, like, from cooked any yeah. cooking mechanism, it looks. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm on cloud nine right now. I, we might just end the episode here. That's how good it was. But we won't because what we're going to do next is the episode recap. So we open this episode in the turtle layer, and Raphael and Mikey are playing a game of stack the cans for pizza. But this isn't your uh, any old stack the cans. Raphael is a wizard with these things because he's tossing them from across the room, making it into a pyramid of cans, and he gets to 12, and on the 13th, he knocks it over. Crazy game. Yeah, and they're betting a pizza, a pizza, a can, which is nuts. It's a yeah. lot of pizzas. I know, but to throw a can, what was he, like, five to ten feet away from his pyramid stack? Like... You deserve a pizza if you can land those things on top of each other. And he had, yeah, he had the full pyramid going. And he was like, 
I think his downfall was he got to like the singular can on top and was just going can on top of can on top of can. And that's when it fell over. Yeah. But he was killing it there for a while. Yeah, it was. So Donnie and Leo, they pop in uh, and they're like, Hey, Michael, well, Michelangelo is happy because he's getting 13 pizzas. But Donnie and Leo are like, Hey, you guys can settle up your bets later. We have to go in front of the television because it's time to watch April's news broadcast. The 11 o'clock news, perhaps. So April's on the boob tube, and she's reporting that leaders of industry, leaders of industry are threatening to leave the city because there's a wave of kidnaps. So CEOs of major corporations are being kidnapped by men dressed in business suits. Titanic Corp was first, and moments ago, April says Gigantic Corp was skyjacked. The CEO of Gigantic Corp, his helicopter was skyjacked and shot out of the air by kidnappers. It is just absolute chaos in New York. Chaos. Chaos, just like the animation. I feel like the animation was kind of messed up in this episode as well, or at least in this initial scene. Like I noticed something weird going on. I don't know if it was a delay, if it was different studio, but uh, yeah, anyway, that's, you know, hitting the 1%, John. That's what's happening right here. Good old 1%. Yeah. Wall Street is being occupied. But shooting helicopters out of the sky, like kidnappings, I just, it's unbelievable. So Leo, he thinks that they should do something. The turtle should. Um, But Splinter's like, no, you guys got to stay in your lane. This doesn't concern us. No one's going to think like because it's business, we need just need to keep our heads out of that stuff. However, the leaders of Behemoth Baking Company have been abducted. And Andrew, what does Behemoth Baking Company do? What are they known for? That's a great question. I didn't remember this part of the episode, believe it or oh. not. <laughs> that wasn't unbelievable. My co host mailed this in. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Chris. Unbo- oh, unbelievable. The pizza shortage. Let it's me the pizza save dough, right? Andrew here. Because... Pizza shortage? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is. Behemoth Baking, they are a global supplier of pizza crust dough to the globe, apparently. So, with the kidnapping of the leaders of this company, there will be a shortage, and that just enrages the turtles and prompts them into action. So, they hop up. They run out of the sewer on a mission to figure out what the hell's going on and save everyone from these kidnappings. <clears throat> Meanwhile, well, then the turtles, we get a cutscene. They're outside of an office building. And Chris, what are they disguised as? They're disguised mm-hmm. as construction workers. Perhaps unionized. It's hard to say, but they have jackhammers. The turtle van has an arrow board on it. It's a, to be honest, a pretty legitimate construction setup for a cartoon. What is that? What, an arrow board? What's that? Yeah. If you looked oh. on top of the turtle van, there was an arrow flashing to move traffic to the left. Nice. Yeah. And they're all sporting neck beards at this point. Just straight up beard, sideburn, under the chin to sideburn. Yeah. And sunglasses. Yeah. And hard hats, maybe. So, quite the getup. Quite the getup. Um, 
and they're they see a group so they're hanging out of um the incredibly the incredibly huge corporation hq because it's the only well it's one of the remaining big businesses in new york that hasn't yet been affected by the kidnappers <clears throat> so they're like hey keep your eyes peeled if there's any kidnappers or people in business suits uh let us know because then we'll fight them and so they see michelangelo i believe points out hey you mean like those kidnappers in business suits and so they try to jump the kidnappers but they have these blaster rifles which is a little bit weird for humans but they've got this blaster rifles they fire it at the turtles and they're just like all right we can't deal with these people <clears throat> they're too good well they fight them off the turtles and then they go to walk back into the building leonardo jumps on one of them but gets owned basically tossed aside um but in the tussle andrew what does he grab in the tussle uh so in the tussle i no idea i mean you're asking details that i have no fucking clue where it came from always having my notes is i don't like the construction outfits and turtles get their ass kicked all right well we'll get to those points but he grabs in the tussle a suitcase from one of the kidnappers oh that's right yeah yeah a briefcase john not a, suitcase. a briefcase yes if you will a brief, yeah, a brief suitcase. So that answers my next question, which is how does Donnie know? Question mark. <laughs> and Chris, what is in this briefcase where the briefs are kept? Well, Leo, I don't know if you guys caught this. He pulls out a mini katana to pry this bad boy open. Looks like a little steak knife. Hmm. He pries the briefcase open, and inside is a bunch of pamphlets and literature for Octopus Inc which is a great name for a corporation. Yes. And the tentacles are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very green, like a neon-esque green, maybe even more intense green than the banner at the bottom of the screen, which, if you've been reading, uh, is where you can find TMNT Shellcast on social media, a link to our website, and a reference to the TurtleCom voicemail where... Listeners can leave us a voicemail with uh, comments, questions, or feedback and uh, join the Foot Soldier Army that way. So check it out, tmntshellcast.com slash turtlecom. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. And yes, Octopus Inc., they realized that, well, one, it was odd that they had blaster rifles, and I believe Donatello posits that these are corporate raiders from Dimension X. Right, because how else would they have these guns? It's kind of that cool part where they say the name of the episode in the episode, so that's always fun. Everyone always likes to point that out, and um, they are like, "Hey, we need to think more about this. We need to figure out what the hell's going on." And Leonardo says, "I know where to go. I know exactly where to go. <clears throat> Let's go to the Russian pizza room, which is Michelangelo's favorite scarfing establishment." So, Vinny. R.I.P. Vinny. He died long ago, but I guess Vinny's Pizza also died with him. And Russian Pizza Establishment is where Michelangelo likes to get his off. So, on a serious note, like, how the fuck does Donnie know these are corporate raiders from Dimension X just from the briefcase? Like, what did I miss? Clearly, I missed details so far in the beginning of the episode, but, like, what? I, I can't connect the dots there. 
What was it? Well, he knows that they're, well, they didn't know what was going on, right? They just thought they were villains, but because they were in these business suits and because their briefcase was an actual business, like it seemed like there was an actual business, he knows that they're just corporate raiders or kidnappers. So he says they're not just kidnappers, they're actually businessmen. And then they're from Dimension X because they have these blaster rifles. Yeah, really basically it. he says like those guns are something Krang would have. And he just makes uh, an yeah. assumption. Okay. But yeah. I was as I was cutting out earlier, I'm gonna go a little ways back. Fuck Splinter for being like, Yeah, don't bother with these guys. <laughs> like we there's supposed to help people around the city and Splinter just doesn't want him to help. Yeah, I, I know. Stay in your lane, he says. So yeah, screw them. And then secondly, this Russian pizza house. Did you guys think this was like, because I'm pretty sure this is right when the Berwyn Wall was coming down. Was this like a cartoon way of, hey, Russia's not so bad? Because otherwise it makes no sense at all. Yeah, I don't, yeah, no. That's a, that's a hot take on that. I was very thrown off with the Russian pizza room or pizza state room. Number one, I don't know. I think we need to put Russian pizza on the board. I don't know what Russian pizza is. I didn't even Google it, but I feel like that's appropriate. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel. And then number two, yeah, this is where, I mean, and this is all in the first five minutes. I was so confused, like going through this. None of it seemed to, like none of the dots seemed to be connecting in my brain. So interested to see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. I, I well, had, they call the slice, not to get too far ahead, but they ordered the Moscow pizza special. So I say we add that and then just whatever interpretation, whoever spins it wants, they can put on it. Yes. Agreed. And Chris, that's a perfect segue because that's exactly what I had in my notes next. They get the Moscow pizza special, but there's only one slice given the shortages. So literally hours after the behemoth baking company leaders are kidnapped, there's a shortage. What? Yeah. What a fucking just-in-time establishment this Russian pizza place is. And yeah, credit so, to them for making a slice, a triangular slice. How do you get that without making a whole pizza? Or maybe they made the whole pizza and cut it into slices and then gave one slice to each table. Which oh, would yeah. make sense. That would make more <laughs> sense. That's called, that's called socialism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what? So speaking of just in time and like the impact to supply chain for the pizza establishments. Um, when I was in Milton, Delaware, shout out Delaware, shout out. Hey, I'm in uh, Delaware. Yeah. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck is that movie called? Um, Wayne's world. Wayne's world. Yeah. Wayne's world. Shout out to Wayne's world. Um, I was there, I was at dogfish head brewery, their main production facility. And they told me that they literally had, uh, tractor trailers delivering cans for packaging 24 seven at their facility. Like they didn't have enough storage on site for the cans. So literally every 20 minutes, a new truck would show up and unload aluminum cans for canning. So maybe what, what's the bakery called global behemoth baking, behemoth baking. Maybe they've got one of those situations where they're just, there's so much pizza being consumed in New York at this time that they've got a nonstop logistics delivering and it was immediately interrupted so therefore pizzas aren't coming out now i don't know possible yeah 
Very much so. And but shout think, out to hmm. Midas Touch beer, which uh, when Chris and I first drank, tasted like throw up. Yeah. Not even kidding. Tasted like bile, like a stomach bile. And then like eight months later, a year later, tasted like uh, Sauvignon Blanc wine. It was the Did most it. bizarre beer I've ever had in my life. That was legitimately the worst. I think the worst thing I've ever drank in my life. <laughs> Disgusting. Wow. And then is that the one that our father threw away? No. Oh. Nope. And that's still too raw to discuss on air, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay. Well, I think this is actually a good place. I know we're not that far into the episode, but all this talk about business and supply chain is a great spot for our first segment, which is a player select. Let's kick shout. And it's a trivia. And so this corporate raiders, we're talking about businesses, corporations. This is right in good old Johnny's wheelhouse. And I have come up with a series of questions for the two of you. Business related, nothing to do with Ninja Turtles, but I'm going to test your business acumen. Andrew may have the advantage because I believe he has an MBA, but I'm not sure. I do not. <clears throat> However, oh. I, I do know what EBITDA stands for, so just watch out for that, John. Yeah, I also well, know what EBITDA stands for. All right. Well, that is the first question. So do you guys want... How about we do this as a team instead of pitting you head-to-head? So we'll do this as a team. There are... one, two. Nine questions. Maybe I'll just say 10. I'm going to make one up on the fly. 10 questions. And based on how well you do, A, B, C, or D, you will get A is a pizza party, B is a combo, is the odds maker, C is a combo slice, and D is a respin for both of you. So are we ready? You're working together as a team, remember? The first question what does EBITDA stand for? Chris, with your MBA, why don't you take this away? I don't have an MBA, Andrew. Why don't you take it away? <laughs> and I don't have one either. So I will go. It's uh, EBITDA. So earnings before interest, taxes, E-B-I-T-A, and amortization. Appreciation. Amortization. Ooh. Is it amortization or? Yeah. I don't know how to say that word. Okay. It's amortization i'll trust andrew so your final answer is earnings before interest taxes and amortization e b i t a yeah that yep. is incorrect i'm so sorry ebit da ebit da earnings before interest depreciation. taxes depreciation and amortization i mean EBITDA. there's EBITDA. Isn't there EBITDA? That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, there is. Look it up. I'm pretty sure we use it as a metric at my company, John. Well, it, no. I'm sorry. You didn't, I, you didn't spell us the acronym, so you just pronounce it. Andrew. I'm you know what? I'm gonna give this one to you. I'll give it Google to you. Google it. Because Google it. I EBIT, guarantee EBITDA definition. EBIT Earnings EBIT. before interest taxes and amortization. EBITDA. E B I T A. Google it. No. It's EBITDA. That I'm looking is the, right at it. What well, is the yeah, difference Chris, I'm telling between you right now. EBIT? Who is the accountant on this? John. 
Wait a minute. Podcast. John got it wrong twice because his version is EBIT TDA. Not EBITDA. EBIT EBIT DA. Yeah, but there is EBITDA, John. <laughs> That's what we use in my company. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we it get sounds that. like nice job, Andrew. Yeah, well done, Chris. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it to you because you're, there's no way you're going to get we're right. any of these other ones. EBITDA. Second question. What is the governing body that public companies file financial statements with in the U.S. of A? SEC. What is the governing yeah. body? FCC. No. SEC? S- Securities Exchange Commission? It's whatever. What's the, SEC. No, the FCC won't let me be, so let me be me. So let me. FCC is when you swear on the air. Yeah, it's SEC. Yeah, Securities Exchange. I want to say commission, commission or something like that. Yeah, that is correct. The Securities and Exchange Commission. You are two for two. The third question: What is the governing body, a subdivision of the SEC? that oversees public accounting firms. That is a regulator for public accounting firms. What is the name of this governing body? I love how this is just a flex of John's. Uh, like it's, a it's John. not the IRS, right? What was it? Read the question one more time. What is yeah. the governing body, body, which is a division of the SEC, or what is the governing board, if you will? The division of the SEC that oversees public accounting companies in the U.S. So who regulates this one before? Who regulates fucking John's? John's yeah, John's company, yeah, EY, and shit like that. Um. So I have no idea, but this is what I'm thinking, Chris. Like the CPAA, so the CPA Association, or like the what CPA stand for? Um. Public certified public certified accountant. public accounting association or some shit like that. Like it's got. But I don't think something. he. I don't think he's a C- CPA, is he? Yeah, John's. Isn't a, a public accountant who does your taxes? Who? What's the person that does oh your taxes called? <laughs> That's a personal a tax, tax accountant. Accountant. Uh, also a CPA. <laughs> the answer. CPA. Yeah, good. But whatever Andrew said, CPA. <laughs> That is incorrect. It is the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, the PCAOB. You weren't going to get this. That. Fucking okay. people are going to be sweeping through this segment. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> or fucking counting their depreciation after the fucking EBITDA fiasco. Well, Andrew, speaking of depreciation, there are many ways and forms that you can depreciate assets. Tell me one of the recognized methodologies for depreciating assets the term for it or or the concept the term yeah the term um chris you gotta know this shit this is part project management i feel like not really not on my end i mean we depreciate our equipment but i don't fucking do that it's probably like annual or fucking something like that compound just say one of those words (laughs) (laughs) um no, what about like um fuck, what is what's the term? Uh 
Yes. I know there's a thing like where you can do it in chunks over many years, but I don't know what that's called. Or maybe that's just a standard. I don't know. Yeah, that's what... Like, uh, I don't know, multi-year depreciation. (laughs) Sequential. It's like this. You take the same percentage year over year over year. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know, I don't know what the term is. Kind of, what kind of line do you think that would be? Linear depreciation. Linear depreciation. Yeah. You think it would be a curved line? Exponential. Would it be? No. Uh, Flat. No. Straight. Straight depreciation. <laughs> yes. yeah. Straight line. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's linear. I mean, we were close. We were sniffing yes. it. Straight line depreciation. I'm going to give that one to you with a little help. The others, declining balance, double declining balance, sum of years digits. Or the units of production method, many many different ways. You know what this so all you're... just tells me? It's all just bullshit anyway. <laughs> it's just made up mumbo jumbo to like move money around. Maybe, Chris or Andrew. In accounting, assets equals what? Assets uh, equal fuck. Assets are assets are like fucking shit you buy and ha- holds value. That's not a thing that you sell. It's like capital equipment, basically. And I think, but I don't know what else it would be. No, I mean that is the definition of an asset, but the equation. Yeah, there's an equation. Um. <clears throat> So assets, money is an asset, right? So money or cash flow, whatever the business term is for that. So like actual dollar dollar bills. Assets equal that their value, worth something like that. Or what's the opposite of an asset? Uh, a liability. Yep. That is half the equation. Assets equals liabilities plus what? Uh, cash? No. Income. Is cash not it? No. Assets equals liabilities plus assets. Interest. The answer. Interest. Interest. <laughs> no. Assets equals liabilities plus equity. Your balance mm. sheet must equal zero. Net. So all your assets, you buy something, you record an asset and a liability. And equity. Two for four. Just made up shit. More made up shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how many do we have to get right to earn something here? What's the goal? Uh, you have to get at least five right. Five out <clears> of six. You've only gotten two? I feel like that was the first one we got wrong. You're two. No, you got. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Three for five. I, I gave you the, de- at, the asset depreciation. Jeez. Who needs to count edit, audit yeah. who? <laughs> okay. This one, I'm going to give you... You don't have to get all four, but I, I need at least three. You'll probably get all four. What are the four different types of financial statements? What are the names? Oh, P&L, profit and loss statement. Um, damn, because these That's all one. like flow into each other. So what's the other asset sheet? No. Uh, <laughs> There's something to do with assets, though. Like you record... 
cash flow statement. That is that yep. too. P and L cash flow. What's the other one? Um, depreciation I, schedule. I, I literally just. I mean, I just mentioned it. It it includes your assets, liabilities, and equity. This statement. EBITDA. No. <laughs> liability. Your fucking liabilities. List of liabilities. <laughs> it uh, is. No, 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 no. We're not ready yet. Okay, it's the okay. assets. No. What did you say? Assets earnings, and liability statement. Earnings statement. Earnings statement. It would be your income statement or your pro- statement of profit and loss. P and L. Yeah. Um. Is it just? Is it like a general term, like a balance sheet? Or no? Oh, is it? Yeah. Is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. I knew it was one of those, but I I thought balance sheet was just like a general term that you said, like asset balance sheet or liabilities. Balance no, no, no. Sheet. Balance sheet is the name of it. So that's okay. three of four. I'm gonna I'll give this one to you, but if you can What's... name this last one, double. You each get a this free. This is all Andrew. Fucking Andrew. Give Andrew the. Thing. I it, there was one lecture I listened to, uh, for a thing that I wasn't even a part of, but it was interesting because the interesting thing to me, I don't know the fourth one. Uh, unless you want to give a hint, but like they all flow to each other. So basically like your cash flow, what, the end of that is the <clears> start of your next thing. And then the end of that one is the start of your next. So finally you get to whatever the, I guess the la- balance sheet is the last thing I believe. So there's something else that comes up for it, but I don't know. It's the, I'll give this one to you, but it's the statement of stockholders equity. Oh, equity statement. I never that. Yep. And <clears> then <throat> there's also a statement of comprehensive income. That I guess is official, but I won't give that one to you guys. So you got that. You're four for six here. It's doing pretty well. All right. One more, Chris. We got to get one more <laughs> out of four to get something here. Or six. Yeah. Okay. These um, these two are, are a little bit difficult, but on what form? What is the name of the form that a company files with the SEC for their initial public offering? It is a letter dash and a number how many digits are the numbers just one digit four oh one um fuck i know what this is but i'm trying to pull it out of my memory bank here it's the it's not k1 because that's a visa the k1 visa is it's not a w2 because that's my fucking taxes (laughs) It's not A1 because uh, that's a steak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a one, though. C1. Oh, shit. It's an IPO. I thought it was an IPO, is what it's called. But that's there's an actual initial term. Public, yeah, initial public offering. But there's a yes. letter and a number, he's saying. So the I1. S, S1. Why I want SNS S one stock. Yeah, your stock <laughs> one form, Andrew. <laughs> Is that what it stands for? No. No. In my brain it does. <laughs> All right. S Fuck Chris you. pulls that out of his ass. S one, a little bit of help. That's five of seven. Right? All right. Yeah. Five of seven. All right. Along the same lines, what on what form does a company use to file their annual financial statements? So the four or five that we just talked about. Every year they have to file it with the SEC. What is the name of that form? It's not a 1099 because that's 
Uh, it's fuck. It's a four digit though. It's got to be just like every other one. This yeah. one is two numbers dash letter. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> this is the ten K. Oh, oh I almost said ten A. Ten K. Close. It's five. All right, we need a couple more here. All right, this is number nine. There are four large public accounting firms in the world. The big four they're known as. What are those firms? Ernst and EY. EY. That is one. That is one. P something MG. P K M G. No. P- oh, I'll give you that one. P-K- KPMG. KPMG. That's yeah. where John interned. That was going to be my guess. Keep- is um. <laughs> Oh, uh, what's the one firms. in New York? Deloitte? Deloitte's the one. Yeah, Deloitte or yeah, Deloitte. Yeah, whatever. Deloitte. It's Three. Deloitte. <clears throat> and then probably like fucking there's probably you said in the world? Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, there's probably there's one four. in England. What's what's the one no, no, that's like fucking Lloyd's <laughs> They're all global. They're all very global. <laughs> yeah, but where are they where's the HQ in the US or is it international? Um I'm uh, I'm not sure. Is it I mean, Goldman? Is it Goldman? No. Goldman's like, inside, they're an investment banking company. Investment banking. Um, <clears throat> Price. Is that ring a bell? Chopper. No. <laughs> Price Waterhouse Coopers. No. PwC. Never heard of them. No. Sterling they, Cooper. That's from Mad they, Men. They must be the smallest <laughs> of the four, obviously. I think they're the biggest. <laughs> Are they? I think so, yeah. I've never yeah, even fucked. That's why you haven't heard of them. It's like the fucking Shadow Corp. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's nine. So that's five. Which is five of nine, I believe. Five of eight. Five of nine. Yeah. No, six of eight. Well, there's definitely nine questions that I just asked. All right. One so, more. Let's just get it right. Yeah. All right, one more question. I got to come up come <clears throat> up with this off the top of my dome. Question number 10. Uh question number 10. Um what is gross margin Oh, I might be able to f- remember this. So gross margin equals revenue minus costs divided by revenue. Wow. Right. Andrew yeah. just fucking right nice. off his dome. Yes. Yeah. I used to have to do some <laughs> Excel calculations and like I memorized that equation. I, I just would always mix it up if it's R minus C over R or C. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you told me gross margin percent, which is what I was asking for, but I phrased it. Gross margin, gross margin percent. Yes, revenue minus cogs divided by revenue. All right, that's what is that? Seven of ten. Yeah, yeah, damn right it is. <laughs> Fucking honorary CPAs over here. I think CPA it was six because we needed. Yeah, I think it was actually six. <clears throat> yes, six of okay. ten. So that gives you a respin. A D. No, 
Yes, yeah. a D. Respin, baby. Damn, all so that for fucking... Got a respin? I feel like Andrew should get... Andrew fucking carried that. <laughs> just got four respins now. Chris, notable, notable uh, Pink Floyd fan and not a CPA, contrary to popular belief. I do more project level accounting, which is like... I'm looking at the PNL and that's it. So... Yeah. Well, that that was player select, uh, a respin. I I'm going to tell you this: next time I host, you will both Andrew. You will have whatever I'm going to mail you. You will have, and we will do that for the pizza power. It's been fucking sitting on my desk for two yeah. weeks now. Did you you, you can't it? even didn't you or no? It's, John? No security envelope. I can't even fucking peek through it. I swear I got I got a notification from uh, FedEx that something had been shipped to me. Well, okay. it's not whatever I sent. Okay, good to know. But I'm hoping the letter just shows up one day. So you'll have to find out. Okay, so we're back into the episode. So the turtles were at the Russian pizza house and they were trying to figure out what to do, and they eventually decide. Now, what they need to do is to get a human-looking person or human, also known as a human, to be able to infiltrate this octopus ink. And they think April might be able to do it, but she's way too recognizable from the evening news, so she can't do it. So the best person they think would be Casey Jones, who not too long ago was running rampant in the streets in a very identifiable mask. But that's what they believe would be the best person to spy on this corporation. So we get a return of Casey Jones here, which is exciting. Yeah. And some more excitement to come. Yeah. The quick return. Only one episode in between appearances. Two. No? One. I hosted Oh, maybe one. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yep. So, Chris, how how do they believe they're going to be able to get Casey Jones attention. Well, they Donnie, I believe hatches an idea to sort of set a trap by putting an advertisement in the paper directly for Casey Jones saying, Hey, Casey Jones, we are going to be robbing the candy machine at the park <laughs> at midnight. I think he says, so come see if you can stop us. Yeah. A lot of parks in New York. But I guess he knew which one. Yeah. They take out a classified ad. So it's incredible that this thing was put in the paper. And I guess Casey, big, big fan of newspaper classified ads. Yeah. And is this the evening edition? How often do newspapers come out? Because I'm pretty sure it's all the same day here. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Yes. So they're in the park and Raphael, uh, he's actually getting really mad mad in real life because the vending machine ate his quarter so it starts nothing is worse i think than when a vending machine eats your money when you want a tasty delicious treat actually but nothing there's something is... worse there's something worse john mm. it's when when you put your money in and you push the button and it's one of the coil things that like pushes the bag of chips out and it gets fucking caught right before it falls so I guess you would consider that eating your money, but it's in a very detrimental way as you're watching in slow motion be denied your tasty treat. Yeah. But 
I think in both of those scenarios, it's kind of like the vending machine giveth and taketh away because sometimes you get the double, you know, some, or, or somebody put money in the machine and didn't hit something. You always hit the coin return, hoping something will come out. So it's a little bit of a, it's like craps, you know, you take your chances. <laughs> it's crazy to think about like one quarter would get you something from a vending machine. I Like I think my entire life it's been close to a dollar, like 75 cents. I don't even yeah. recall like if now it's a buck twenty five now. It's more like in some places like almost two dollars or like a dollar fifty, and they only take credit cards. Like what? Come on. I mean, there was nothing better as a kid than just going to a vending machine or even the little quarter candy machines or like toy machines coming out of a store where you put it in, you crank. You get the little plastic yeah. fucking slap hand to just slap dad while he's driving from behind. Those are the best. <laughs> Yeah. Delicious. Do you guys ever see the big uh, gumball machines that are like six feet tall and you put your money in there and the thing like goes down and down and down and down all the way down? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You know what's crazier? Still- I went to a museum recently. Crushed penny machines cost like a dollar now. And did you know that a lot of them don't even use the penny? They actually have blanks in that oval shape that they didn't just basically get imprinted in between the wheel. Like they don't actually take your penny and make it into the part. It's just like a fake copper plate sheet metal. Yeah. It ruins the experience of it. It's terrible. I've just found that out like this last week or last month. Those things were all the rage. You go to like anywhere and you get a memento. Yeah, they were the rage when all it cost was your penny in the machine. Like, especially, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm selling the penny machines. I'm selling <laughs> scam. It's a fucking scam. How about penny candy? Sucks. Uh, what? Penny candy is one of the best childhood candy experiences you can have, in my opinion. It's the worst candies around. It's like licorice and rock candy. And if a candy comes in a glass jar, I'm out. A penny candy doesn't come in a do glass jar, what, does do it? Do I know what penny candy is? I don't think. I, I thought it was money. just you pay a penny and you get to fucking. Angie, you're thinking no, I thought of it was the gold coins. Chocolate coins? Gelt. What is penny? Mm. You're thinking of gelt. What the hell is penny candy then? It's when you pay a penny and you get shit like miscellaneous candies. It's from like the 50s. Where? In fucking back alley somewhere, Chris? <laughs> no, you know, can, candy. Penny candy is from like a, un- you go to the penny candy store. They had a section of candy that only cost a penny when you were back in the like 50s. All right. Well, I, don't, I didn't know that was a thing. But now he's Did I just make that in, up? You can only buy it in unmarked white vans. No, Chris didn't make that up, but yeah. Anyways, so they're in the rafts breaking down the vending machine, and who shows up? But Casey Jones and Casey. Uh, they start to fight, and there's a little fight scene here. Casey's like, "Hey, I knew you guys were freaking criminal scum." So there's a little tussle. Raphael, I think he takes a little cheap shot here, and uh, drop kicks Casey Jones in the back. At some point, 
Casey throws a pink elephant at them, breaks the vending machine. But eventually, Raphael uses his size to subdue Casey Jones. And they eventually are like, hey, we actually need your help here. You have to help us out as we try to infiltrate Octopus Inc. And Casey's like, the only reason he agrees to do it is because those, the, you know, corporate raiders are the biggest criminals in New York and he wants to fight these criminals. So he agrees to do it. They also, Michelangelo calls him CJ, CJ uh, at this point. So I guess we've got a new nickname for Casey, but kind of like it. Kind of like it. Yeah. Shout out to my friend who was called CJ in college. Hmm. CJ, where where are you now? Are you listening? I don't think he is. Are you listening? Whoa. Remember that song? Don't, 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 don't. But shout out to Raph because I, unlike John, I didn't think it was a cheap shot. I think he fairly beat Casey Jones. Hmm. Casey Jones grabbed him from behind, so he kicked him in the back and sighed him to the wall. Yeah. Raph and Raph historically in the TMNT universe has a history with Casey. So that's right out of uh, the comics. But John, that was Jimmy E. Worlds, I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. forget the name of the song, but it Sweetness is, uh, is the name of the song. Sweetness. Sweetness. Yeah. Wow. Chris. Fucking Jimmy E. Worlds fan. The middle is one of the greatest songs ever. I love that song. Yeah. Acoustic version. You know, you really can't. It's hard to find acoustic, ver- like those acoustic versions. Like every song that we listen to as kids, we then get the acoustic version. Those like don't exist anymore. Uh, AK, they're not on Spotify. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, take a moment. I'm not a Swifty by any means. However, the fact that she's. And I know it's for I'm not get into the politics of it, but re-releasing her old albums. I feel like how crazy is it to? Th- I was just thinking about this the other day. Like I'm so untalented when it comes to music that I can't even put out a song, like a legitimate song. Yet she can record an album and then years later record re-record the album, and it gets almost as much like uh notoriety as the first one it's it's fucking bizarre yeah. to me it blows andrew, my mind. and then let alone andrew she yeah. then goes on tour playing yeah. those songs and then films that tour and releases it as a movie yeah it's the biggest pyramid music scheme i've ever seen in my life it's how many different un- ways can you sell the same songs believable yeah it really is and i think she like that whatever they call the the concert like uh Era's tour experience yeah yeah is grossed over like a billion bucks there's on pace to gross over a billion dollars like more than some of the greatest movies of all time i the i swifties yeah. i don't are... hate taylor swift by any means like i like some of her songs i don't understand the obsession with taylor swift i just don't yeah. get it like her music is good she seems cool like but how is she the most popular musician like ever? I don't get it. I don't. The fans are like Swifties are insane. Yeah. Diehards is probably a better word, but they're also just like, they would literally step in front of a train for Taylor Swift. It's crazy. I mean, her music fucking slaps is all I'm going to say. No shake it. I'm so behind on Taylor Swift. Shake it off is still like a new song to me. So I don't know when that came out, but that's like 10 years ago. 
I think that well, they, she just re-released that album, so you can listen to the new version, Chris. 1989. Is it the new version, it? or is it the same song, just sung, <laughs> re-recorded? I don't get it. Well, I th- the, it's, so it's they're all re-recorded, because she thing, now yeah. owns the masters to the music. Yeah. However, as part of these albums, she also releases never before released, like... You know, but if there's 15 songs on an album or something, right? Yeah. And there's five that got cut. She is re-recording those and releasing them. So like in this most recent um, album, there was a song about Harry Styles when she was dating Harry Styles that people are very much. And not only do they have the meaning, but they're just great songs. Like the songs themselves are just great. So I know I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I understand like there's great musicians, but why is Taylor Swift like, in the stratosphere when it seems like everybody else, even like some of the other greats, all-time greats still don't get this like diehard. I, I, it just blows my mind. So yeah, we, although we T shell cast need to somehow tap into whatever that, uh, like love drug is for that Swifties have for Taylor Swift. So we can continue to attract the best fans in the entertainment business, which are our foot soldiers. Yeah. We need to, we need to come out with a song, basically. That's what you're oh, saying. Or Steve, Steve, super fan Steve. He, d- I don't know if you guys saw this uh, message, but he doubled down that he's like working on the song. <laughs> so maybe that's oh, yeah. a, maybe that's a launching off point for yeah for our empire. Yeah, the team of T Shellcast Empire, or for Sweet Chin Music. Maybe we just tag team this shit all the way to the top. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a self fulfilling fantasy of, and then then John will have pl- plenty of EBITDA to fucking keep track of. <laughs> EBITDA. Um. So yeah. So Casey CJ agrees to help, and so their plan is that he's going to apply for a job at Octopus Inc. And once he's in, he's then going to figure out what the hell's going on. So at Octopus Inc., Casey's applying. He's in his, you know suit and tie he's still got his mask on still carrying around all his weapons um he's in an interview the turtles are actually outside because as casey's interviewing and the interviewer is like looking up his employment history real time the turtles are filtering what they want the interviewer to see casey kind of gets mad uses his bat slaps the desk uh and gets hired because of his aggressiveness so they're they really want him um he is, you know, sort of going back and forth. I think he's in the mailroom, maybe. I don't really know where he's making copies, holding paper. But his supervisor comes up and he's like, Casey, you fucking watch yourself because I run the show around here. And then Casey's like, oh, really? And he takes out his weapon and he starts bashing shit again. And he's going to bash his, himself all the way to the top because the executive noticed and they're like, hey, we're going to put you in our executive assertiveness training and so he goes into this training but he's well casey businessman yeah so he basically threatens his way to get the job and there's consistently they're like we like your um initiative or we like your what is it what did i write in my notes uh your stick assertiveness aggressiveness yeah whatever um, but yeah, so he threatens the receptionist, gets a job. So who, number one, was it a receptionist? I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure it's out. It's like the inter- the interviewer? I don't know. 
yeah because we see the receptionist later on yeah Yeah. and then yeah gets gets behind threatens his man direct manager like basically doubles down and he said you're watching me well watch this and then trash cans (laughs) him in the head and then um yeah then gets um targeted by like upper management for a streamlined or um enhanced training like program so did you guys have any clue where this was going at this point or were you just along for a ride like me no fucking clue what was okay. happening. Yeah, yeah, this episode was all over the place. But I do they is there a Casey Jones businessman action figure? Because if there's not, there should be. Yeah, so that that's what I was gonna bring up. I don't know if you guys recall, and I'll drop it in a link in the um show notes, but a handful of episodes ago when NECA had released their they were at one of the Comic Con trade shows at in San Diego. So this was probably in June or July, I wanna say. Um they released or they had a Casey Jones and what was cool about it, um, it hasn't been released yet, but it's the business attire. So he's in a white shirt with the tie, which we see later in the episode, but they have like a, an attachable, uh, suit coat that you can put on him. And then you can also switch out his arms. So it goes from gray to white. So people are, so it's funny because Steve says this is one of his favorite episodes. Apparently within the TMNT fanhood, this is like, this episode and this Casey Jones outfit is one of the most requested action figures like of all time for TMNT. So to your point, Chris, like great yeah. minds think think like. I don't know what it was, but he just it was like the perfect combination of funny looking, but also he looks cool in his business attire. Yeah. It's true. I also just love any cartoon action figure, whatever that wears a suit and tie, I'm obsessed. I love it all. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. Uh, that says about me. The mask, though, like that's the best part. He's still wearing his messy hair and his mask, and he's got his little old school golf bag with all his uh, weapons, all of his weapons in it. So it's a nice little blend of yeah, business and casual, as they say. Yeah. Very much. And all the while, Casey's got a little walkie-talkie that he's communicating with the turtles, and they're just like, hey, keep us informed. Let us know what's going on so that we know you're safe because we care about you. And also, we want to know what the hell's going on in there. But once Casey goes into this executive assertiveness training, he loses contact with the turtles. And he is trapped while he's sitting in a chair, and they're watching a video. And it's basically like, hey, it's brainwashed video. So they're blaring some sounds into the room, and on the TV, it says, you must be obedient to Octopus Inc. And Casey's like, I don't like this. He goes to try to get up, but the chair robot arms kind of extend and basically trap him to the chair. So he's just sitting there getting brainwashed for over an hour because the turtles are like, we haven't heard from him in an hour, and they're starting to get worried. That room, every other executive had a mustache. I don't know if you guys noticed that. A lot of mustaches in the assertiveness training program. That's how you get to the top. You get mustachioed men. But yeah. mustaches were huge in like the eighties and nineties, early nineties. Remember all the photos of dad with his like big caterpillar stash? Yeah. Oh, do we maybe need to do a little November. I guess already shaved in November. Yeah, a little Movember. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, we talked about that a couple didn't we? Couple episodes ago, I think I I think I might be okay. I think it, like 
And Halloween I shaved, but I don't know. You just you guys already have. Yeah. Well, I know, but I'm saying I don't shave. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have to do that. So Let's look see. out. Whoa. Watch out. Here we come. Uh, all right. So the turtles, they're in the van, like I said, outside. And they're camped outside the Itty Bitty Corporation. They're out and they see these freaking corporators are back and they're hitting either scraping the bottom of the barrel, Raph says. Um, and as they're, well, they hop out of the van and they kind of, I guess, charge at uh, the corporators, but they're getting fired at again. And Donnie breaks out his new weapon. But is it so new? It is the retro catapult which we've seen before. Do you we remember have. where we saw this? I was trying to think of this because they also made a toy, which I did see recently. So I'm like, was it the toy that I saw or was it an episode? And I feel like which episode was it in? Uh, they were in the training was, room. Well, yeah, whatever the last it? one I hosted was. Oh, okay, there we go. Which, Chris, what is the name of that episode for a respawn? The name of the episode that John hosted last was Green with Jealousy. Green with Envy. Jealousy. <laughs> Green it was with Jealousy. Jealousy. But I don't know if that was the last one he hosted. That was probably two ago. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. What was the last one, Andrew? Uh, the last one John hosted was... Returning the Fly? I was going to... Was it Return of the Fly? One, two, three. Return of the Fly, yeah. Season three, episode 22. Are we sure that's, that's the episode it was in? Yeah, pretty sure. Regardless, the retro catapult is back. And Donnie puts some trash in it. And he flings it at the corporators, but it really doesn't do much. Um, it's basically just flinging garbage. Um, so the turtles are like, all right, this isn't going to work. Let's go jump these guys. They get held up by the guns and they're in a pretty bad position. But Donatello, uh, throws some water on these corporators and they snap out of their hypnosis out of their brainwashing. So water, literally water can save all of these people from brainwash. So I don't know what the hell's going on, but water saves you apparently. Yeah. This like where the water came out of nowhere. Yeah. Just sit a bucket on the ground. Reminds me that actually going back to past episodes, the aliens from science also defeated by water. Yeah. And uh another you John, you haven't seen um or Chris, you haven't seen a quiet place, correct? No. I think we yeah. talked about it though, that they were water something. Those were the yeah, light monsters, right? There's something to do with water in a quiet place. So, uh, but John is there? was correct. Uh, have you seen? Well, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, there is. Number two, John, Return of the Fly was the first appearance of the retro catapult, so that was correct. And there are future appearances. Holy so shit! Well, I I should just say bravo to the writers for foreshadowing that retro catapult because at the time you're like, what the hell is this thing? I'm still what like, what is... the hell is this thing? It's just yeah. a catapult. What is retro about it? I don't know. But yeah, John's right. I remember the episode because it was in Donnie's 
workshop and was it Mikey or Raph? Somebody like set it off and it launched them across the room and then we never saw it again. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So they're just laying breadcrumbs for all of us to gobble up. And here we are. So they realize that water can save these people, but there's the turtles are still very worried about CJ Casey Jones. So they are going to save him. And how do they get into the building? Chris into octopus Inc. They get into octopus Inc. By pretending that they're city, like drinking fountain wash, inspectors, I think wash is what basin. They wash basin. So that's just a sink, right? Yeah. <laughs> city wash basin inspectors. Yeah, and they're like, "We're here to fix your wash basin, or to inspect it rather." And the secretary is like, "What the hell?" And they're like, "This is a very uh, bureaucratic matter. We can't be delayed. We're going in." So they go in. They immediately find this brainwashing room, which they are not, I guess, subject to. And Casey and everyone is just sitting there like zombies because they're just like so out of it. Um, they bust out these little water seltzer like spray guns that they have and they s- fucking spray them right in the face. Yeah, they're like the, the little cl- the clown. Remember like the old school yeah. clown? They had the little squeezy squeegee on the top. That's what I thought of when I saw them. Yeah. Yeah, they might as well have honked when they did them. Also, just shout out to seltzer water. Yeah. So good. Big seltzer water fan. In fact, actually, my, my favorite is mineral water. So shout out Topo Chico as the fucking. Topo Chico, the the fucking seltzeriest of what's like drinking TV static. It's so good. Yeah. You've said that before, and it's so yeah. true. I've actually told other people that. However, they still claim that it's partially carbonated naturally, which is fucking wild to think about. Like somehow, carbon dioxide or like carbon gets uh, homogenized in there, like naturally. That's wild. But seltzer or mineral water, great. Seltzer water, good. Uh, you know, seltzer water slash Club soda. soda. Water. Club soda, not good. And neither is because that has the quanine in it. Is it quanine? I don't know. No, I don't know what that is. I'm thinking of tonic water. Sorry, tonic water, not good. I don't know what's club soda. Is that just soda water? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like it. No, nay. I used to hate it. Remember that one time we were with dad and we accidentally all bought uh, polar seltzer water. Yeah. And we, I was so thirsty and so mad at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where here's what I've learned, Chris. Like to quench your thirst, you don't want soda water, seltzer, whatever yeah, you want to call it. That's what I drink. But what else would you drink it for? Just a little like in between like your gulping sessions of water, you just want a little something to brighten your day. You know, it's a little yeah. static on your tongue. It's like when you <laughs> get grapefruit juice instead of orange juice. It's that level of disappointment for me. No, I like it. It's just it's a little bit like intriguing it's just not boring like i love water don't get me wrong it's my number one drink but sometimes i just want a little something a little extra you know yeah a little zip on the tongue also uh shout out to bora bora for having fresh squeezed grapefruit juice for breakfast each morning it was so good (laughs) heaven on earth tropical fruit i I would love to know, it's kind of like, I feel like it's like wine and everything else. There's something in like, it, maybe it's a volcanic, I mean, it probably is a volcanic 
uh, soil and all that stuff, right, for those islands, because that's what makes good grapes too, I think, right? Something to do with that mineral composition. The Tawar, Andrew? Is that what you're yeah. referring to? The Tawar of Bora Bora sounds phenomenal. Like all those tropical fruits are so intense. Like what tropical fruit do you know that's just boring like a fucking pear? Like pear is the most boring fruit there is. Every Pears tropical suck. fruit. Yeah. Wow. They do, a lot but of pear hate. Pear tastes like somebody sucked all the flavor out of it before you bit into it. That's what I'm saying. They, they took an apple. They And the reason that it's like an oval and it comes to a point is because somebody put that in a straw, sucked all the juice out of it, and then put it back into the bin. And it's just this bland, uh, grainy. It's like broccoli and cauliflower, apples and pears. Yeah, it's a fact. But anyway, the the tropical fruit sounds delicious. I've never actually had it, like, I guess, there. Aren't you not supposed to eat that shit international, by the way, John? Or no? Is that a myth? Uh, They just say don't drink the water. But I heard like don't eat salad, don't eat fruit either because they are yeah wash with it. I don't, yeah, maybe wash. It's all about the water, and I, I mean I don't know. This was fucking delicious. Is all I'm saying. I also had a, a grapefruit I picked from a tree, and yeah. just ate it. I picked a tree, a lemon from a tree in Italy. If you're not eating the fruit, I mean, what are you even traveling for then? If you're not eating the local <laughs> cuisine, no, I I meant tropical. Suck it fruit. down. I've never been to a tropical place like French Polynesia or the Carib, like. The Dominican. You went to the Dominican. I know, but they legitimately told Whoa. me. Whoa, Andrew went to the Dominican. Yeah, yeah. Spring break. They call everybody. What the fuck? Where were you, what? John? I had no idea. That? I have no idea. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, La Dominica Republic. La John did it. John drank mango juice at uh, the UN fair. Dominican. He just wore a striped shirt. This <laughs> is costume. He dressed like Pedro Martinez. Before he moved to the Americas. Well, all I know is next chance I have a opportunity to just fucking rip a banana off a banana tree or something in a tropical place, I'm doing it hands down. I don't think that's how bananas work. You have to it rip is. a whole thing, a single a banana. You have to pull the whole bunch, a hand, as they call uh, it. I'm telling you, tropical bananas. They beat the Cavendish without it out. Yeah, there's no doubt. I eat a banana here, and I'm like, this sucks, but I'll eat it anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. Like banana, Cavendish bananas are. We've talked about it before ad nauseum, but they also, some of them are so flavorless. It's just mush. It's yeah. it's physical, or it's the um, yeah, it's the embodiment of like nothingness in mush form, which is yeah. not appealing <laughs> to me. You can tell. Bananas in particular, you can tell like when it's been stored in whatever storage area forever. Yeah. Like it's fucking just starch, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But you need really, you need overripe bananas for banana bread. Yeah, that's the live run tells themselves is my bananas are rotting on the counter. Like, oh, I'll make banana bread that I've never made in 10 years. Let me put these in the freezer and then I'll throw them out in six months. How about well, uh, also, how good is banana bread, pumpkin bread? But also, Zucchini how about bread, the people? Underrated. Yeah, carrot bread. And I was going to send you, speaking of carrots and carrot bread, I meant to send you guys a photo this morning. Um, I had carrot muffins, are apparently a thing in Canada, or at least in Alberta. In Alberta. So shout out. Hmm. They were delicious. Uh, I know Chris is a big carrot cake fan. Also good in a muffin. 
Yeah. And actually, shout out to Hubert, because really I just feed him all the bananas that are going bad. Having a dog is like a little garbage disposal. It's great. Yes. And also, um, Andrew, as our resident Canada expert, did you go to Tim Hortons? To me, ho-hos, as uh, I've heard some of the locals call it. I did. I, eat, in fact, even uh, messaged a coworker who is from Canada and asked if they wanted me to bring anything back with Tim from Tim Hortons, pretty. which is a joke because clearly it's a, you know, it's food and beverage, and so I can't bring it across the border. So it was a little uh, backhanded question that I asked. So yeah, I have heard true Tim Tim Hortons aficionados. Say ever since they got bought out, the quality has fell off a cliff. So I don't think you got it at its peak, unfortunately. No, I had it. Uh, the first time I had it was probably like five years ago. First, yeah, first and only time before this trip. And I have heard though that there are some that are starting to make their way into the states. Yeah, there's some upstate New York. I've been to a couple. Yeah. Lovely. So um, you know what also is making its way back into this episode is the episode recap. And CJ is out of his stupor and they, he, he, when he comes out, he's so mad that he just wants to break something. So he breaks the speaker that's blaring this brainwashing music. He like jumps. He's got hops. He jumps to the ceiling with his bat breaks this thing. It's pretty crazy. So the turtles are like, all right, we got to, get out of here or figure something out what the heck's going on. As they're escaping, they come across a boardroom and they overhear the someone basically saying that there's going to be a grand arising ceremony later today and it's going to help Octopusing take over the world. And the turtles, they're intrigued. They're eavesdropping. They're dropping eaves and they get noticed pretty quickly. And the people are like, who the fuck are you guys? We're going to start to run after you. But the turtles and CJ with his seltzer sprayer, basically starts spraying these people in the face and snapping them out of their stupor. But they're running out of water. So Donnie thinks that the retro catapult is actually going to be effective. And so it actually would have been. Also, this thing can be worn as a backpack. Not sure if you noticed that, but Donnie had it on his backpack. Puts it down, takes the water jug out of the water cooler, trebuchets it at someone, but it hits Raphael. And basically is, is quite ineffective. And Raph's like, hey, you know what's great? This sprinkler hose in the wall. And he tries to get the sprinkler or the fire hose off the wall, but it's not working. Leo says that the sprinkler system's not working. So they know that someone in this building knew enough that water was going to be the enemy of this brainwashing. And they turn the water off. Crazy when you think about it, because apparently none of them wash their hands after they go to the bathroom, even when are especially well hypnotized. So that's quite disgusting. Yeah, I agree. And you could go through all the trouble to turn the water in the building off and then leave the water cooler. Bit of an oversight. But whoever was buying this, pretty ingenious to make sure that the spring cores and the hose are off. The and most effective way of spraying people. I was just thinking, the turtles little disguise to get in the building 
actually now makes sense if the water isn't working and they're there to inspect the basins. Oh, wow. yeah. So they didn't know that. At the, they wouldn't no. have known that, but it does kind of work. Yeah, no, it definitely works. And because I thought they said they, there was a crack or something like a important crack. They crack in the porcelain. Yeah. So that makes it's all coming full circle now. So that was foreshadowing for sure that, hey, that would be an issue because we don't want these people to be unbrainwashed, retro wow. brainwashed, as they might call it on the show. Yeah. So they're running out of water and another division uh, of zombies or brainwashed people start to chase them. So they scoot through a door, like basically a glass door. And Casey Jones basically puts a bat in the door frame so that it can't get open from the other side. Michelangelo's making some funny faces, but temporarily they've escaped from these crazed people. They progress further into the belly of the beast and they happen across a room that is the office of the president. And Andrew, who is the president of these operations? I wish I were at home because I would throw on my shredder mask right now, but uh, it is in fact, Oroku Saki, Shredder, the Shredder himself. Yes. Did he have his feet up on the desk or was he just sitting there like? He did recall. the evil turn in the big chair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Classic. The very, I mean, if we're talking about villain Spectre moves, gadget. Yeah. it's quite the, that is the move of a villain if I ever seen one. A big chair turnaround, Chris? Can you argue with that? No, Krang's done it many a time. So. If you're just going off of what Crane does, then yes, I agree. Has he done it? I'm not even sure I recall one instance. Well, if you remember the early episodes, John, the Crane reveal, he was at his little control module, and then Shredder walks and he spun around. 40 episodes ago? Yeah. Set the tone <laughs> for who the villain is right out of the gate. <laughs> Anyways, so yes, the president is Shredder. And he has his two vice presidents, his VPs, and they're Bebop and Rocksteady, and they're sporting suits. I think I think Rocksteady's in a yellow suit. Yeah, like a mustardish kind of yellow. They were looking fly. I actually, yeah. this is where I made the comment, like, they need to make these action figures because, yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And the... VPs, I'm going to refer to them in this episode, the vice presidents, they start to fire at the turtles who turn to run, but busting through the door are the other corporate brainwashed zombies, and they basically tie up and tackle the turtles and Casey Jones. And Bebop and Rocksteady are ecstatic because they're like, we have the turtles, let's finish them, boss. And Shredder's like, no, 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 not yet. We have the Technodrome, or we're gonna, basically going to take over the world later. We're going to rise the Technodrome. Yeah, so plus one for capturing the turtles, probably foreshadowing at this point of minus one that his plan's going to go wrong by choosing to keep keep them just tied up in a closet. Yeah. And yet again, it was Rocksteady saying, let's off him, boss. Back into oh, top it? form for Rocksteady. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. I noticed it, every, it's him every time. Nice. Every time yeah. they get the turtles. Do you want us to kill him? Nope. Yeah. So Andrew's right. They... Instead of instead of offing the turtles, they basically throw them in a closet with an old man. This is the first we get of this old man, so they get tossed into a closet. Um, and the turtles are like, "Who the hell is this old guy? We don't know." Bebop and Rocksteady 
I have here. They're just on fucking top form right now because they're sitting at their two desks clacking away at computers, but Rocksteady's like secretary ordered me 500 jelly donuts and a diet Coke because I'm trying to watch my figure. And then they hear Shredder, their boss coming and they're like, shit, we got to look busy. So they start just like banging on a keyboard and shuffling papers. Um, I had that. They're being very funny. Classic. I feel like jelly donut has to be a jelly donut pizza on the wheel. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It has to be. Because speaking, anyone that likes donuts, go back to our former episode, which I don't recall, but it was the giant donut conspiracy episode. And you'll get a little laugh. We did talk about jelly donuts, I believe. And here's something I was going to add quickly. My son, uh, on fr- most Fridays, we get donuts on the way to school. Uh, he often picks the same one. And I mix it up. One time I did get a jelly donut because it is delicious. And we had a lengthy discussion about John's childhood favorite donut, which was the what, Chris? The Boston cream. Yeah. The Boston cream. So we were talking about, you know, uh, donuts that are filled in the center. And Boston cream is the worst of those two. Wow. Uh Disagree. Hit or miss. The Bavarian cream. Underrated. The top. It's a lemon. A little lemon curd donut. I don't know what you call them. Whatever the one filled with lemon is, is the best. A lemon drop? Sure. I don't know what they're called, to be honest. <laughs> lemon curd is honestly one of the top 10 foods in the world. Anything with lemon curd is better. See, I, I'm selling lemons. I'm buying limes. To me, lime is greater than lemon. Uh, not in a baking, not in a, a curd situation. Fucking key lime Chris. pie, Chris. Fucking okay, but Andrew, you wouldn't make a lime curd. I like lime. Oh, squeeze a lime on a tacos. Lime a lime crema. Great. Limeade sucks. Lemonade way better. Lemon curd way better. Mm, I mean, you may have it at lemonade versus limeade. I've never had lemon curd, so I'm, I can't comment on that. But what? Not, buddy. How do you not? How do you live your life? Where do I? Not where do indulge? I get it? In, in a donut. How about in a in a macaron? Fuck macarons. Macarons don't... suck. Yeah, we've also talked about that. Terrible. I've never seen a lemon curd donut anywhere ever. My in my just time. go to Dunkin' Donuts and ask for the one with the lemon. Andrew, we don't have have you ever had a lemon meringue pie? Lemon meringue pie. Lemon Trash. meringue sucks. That's meringue. a lemon curd. Meringue That's a lemon curd. Yeah, well then I don't That's like it. lemon curd. Yeah, the lemon Trash. part's good. The meringue is like packaged peanuts. I eat meringue. Chris, you guys, honestly, is it meringue? Just get a little yeah. bit cultured. Isn't you ever never just... had a good meringue? A whipped cream to stiff peaks, isn't that all meringues? Yeah, but it's no, it's because then you bake it and it gets like peepee. Yeah, it tastes like peeps. It's it, no, pee, you can't. You said peep, That's said a, peepee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peep, peepee. Uh, it kind of tastes like uh styrofoam. What styrofoam in my mind would yeah. taste like if I were to eat it? Or spray, packing you peanuts. know, spray foam. Packing peanuts. Spray foam. Yeah, yeah spray foam. Peanuts. That's a better one. Yeah. Trash. Well, I eat meringue when Cool just, Whip is out there. 
fucking love and you, you had- I have to just say this for the, all the millennials out there. Lemon pepper chicken was so overdone in a, in our lifetime yeah. that I'm I'm just selling lemon. I'm just not I'm not buying it. Andrew, a lemon poppy seed muffin? Come on. Ooh. Ooh. Lemon in a muffin? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. Wow. Lemon cake? Lemon cake? A lemon bar? You guys have lemon bars? Oh, yeah. Gross. Lemon, lemon you, you bite a lemon and your whole lemon. world just brightens up. A lime? lime. Oh, yeah, and sour. we talked about this, too, I feel like. Lime was the OG to lemons. Lemons branched off of limes. This is like, this was just discovered. Uh, they said, you know what? We can make this better. Let's make a lemon. No, no Chris. They did not. It was just <laughs> random fucking genetic, uh, what's it called? Why am I drawing a blank today? Genetic. Um, mutation. Mutation, yeah. That's all it was. Oh, whatever. It worked out. Then they saw a lemon and they're like, fucking, we'll use limes when we're out of lemons. <laughs> anyway, continue on, yes. John. So Bebop and Rocksteady, they're being funny. Shredder, oh, I was, well, you know what I was going to say is like, we all have at some point worked in an office. Looking busy when your boss or superior walks by is just a rite of passage for having a desk job. It just is. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a, a lot of opinions about corporate America, which I won't get into because this is not... Uh, a geopolitical podcast. However, uh, shout out to the guy that invented the website that looks like your Microsoft desktop with like office open and a few other apps that you could switch to during March madness, like with a foot pedal. Did you guys ever see that? (laughs) That's, that's what, what the bebop and rock steady scene reminded me of when they were like, Oh shit, we got to look busy is where you just like click a button and all the stuff you've been scrolling on like Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the social media that you're not supposed to be on at work, just like flips for this other screen that's a fake desktop, like active, <laughs> productive desktop. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. So, um, back in the closet, Leo, they're bound, but there's a little hacksaw. Um, I'm not hacksaw, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but there's a little saw in there. He cuts open the ropes that he's being tied with. And they go over to this old man who has a hearing aid that's broken. And so they're like, oh, he didn't get hypnotized because his hearing aid was broken and he can't hear anything. So Donnie on the spot basically takes a little screwdriver, fixes a hearing aid. And the guy's like, thank you so much for doing that. Um, and we learned too, right? Yes. Yeah. And a bow tie. Yeah. Nice. And a suit. And Yeah. And the name of this person is Octavius Ogilvy. He is the president of Octopus Inc. And he learns the turtles are like, hey, Shredder is freaking taking over your company. And he's like, oh, Shredder, he was supposed to be a silent partner. Um, but there was an issue. And so he's like, all right, let's get out of here. There's actually a little plot hole here because Shredder, he's like, hey, Bebop and Rocksteady, go get the turtles because we have to go to the, the Grand Rising ceremony. But they never go and get the turtles. They just kind of like, I don't know. They just leave him there. Like, they forget about him. Well, maybe they're like, oh, fuck. They're gone. Well, Shredder will never notice if we just don't bring them. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, Octavius is like, all right, let's get out of here. And 
I've heard about this. You guys are telling me about this grand riding ceremony. Let's go look at the, the blueprints for the stadium to figure out what the hell's going on. So Shredder has altered the blueprints for the stadium, and there's a giant hydraulic system that sits below the stadium, and it's gonna it's gonna raise something out of the earth. And the turtles are like, "Oh, yeah, that's definitely gonna be the Technodrome." And Octavius is like, "Yeah, there it was. You know, there's all this under the stadium structure because." of the great octopus expedition in 1890. It was built to celebrate the founding of the company hundred years ago, blah, blah, blah. So they're like, all right, let's get to the stadium in the stadium. Shredder is in the middle as the villain does. And all of his brainwashed businessmen are just sitting in the stadium. And he's like, guys, the fucking technodrome is coming. We're going to raise this and take over the world. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Yeah, this like, I don't know. This is where I just, this episode lost me. Why do they need a stadium? And also, why have they been kidnapping all these CEOs if they could just be brainwashing people at Octopus Inc.? Like, there's just no rhyme or reason to it, really. Yeah, originally I thought the stadium, I was like, oh, this is great. They're going to lure people in, like pedestrians, to brainwash them simultaneously. And then, to your point, Chris, like, it took a hard left, and I did not understand at all even all the way through the end which we'll get to in a few minutes but it was just one of those hurry up and finish the episode and try to make it make as much sense as possible and it doesn't yeah yeah i never i didn't really think about why yeah the businessman doesn't maybe they need the financing to be able to i don't know who knows also like what what is the mechanism like, do we talk about the hydraulic system? Yeah. How does it work? Like hydraulics, I feel like it was just one of those things where like, oh yeah, just throw hydraulics in the term and people won't know what it is and we can just yeah. run with it. Yeah. And like, all right, so the technodrome comes up to the surface <clears throat> and then what happens? It still doesn't run. None of it makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't. So. Um, the turtles, they make it to the stadium and they're below the field and they're, you know, tinkering around with the hydraulics. Casey Jones wants to just bash some shit up, but they're like, Hey, don't do that. We actually need to tinker with this stuff. Bebop and Rocksteady show up and they're down there and they're like, Oh, here are the turtles. We were supposed to get them, but we didn't, but they, I think the retro catapult again makes another fucking appearance here and basically shoots a trash can at them. They kind of get knocked out. But the turtles did whatever they needed to do with this hydraulic system. And Shredder, topside, is like, all right, it's fucking go time. And he pushes his button or does whatever he needs to do. And giant octopus comes out of the field and just starts fucking spraying water everywhere. Like in a 360 motion, which obviously gets everyone out of their hypnosis or their brainwashing. Shredder's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. My plan has gone awry. Bebop Mark steady your piss because they have to give their suits back because they can't stay in these awesome costumes. Um, and then we kind of get to the moral of the story at the end where Octavius is like, oh, like, you know, what was me about this partnership? Raphael's like, well, if you weren't so greedy, then it wouldn't have been an issue. And he's and Octavius is like, I'm going to make sure that, you know, we're not focused on just money anymore. We're going to improve the world. Um, and that's the end of the episode. So it was a quick wrap. 
very quick. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the sprinkler was part of the original. All I wrote was sprinkler. That's a poor kid toy. If you can <laughs> afford a pool, your parents put up a sprinkler and you just ran through it. Yeah. Or you lived but in fun sprinklers. Yeah, perhaps Much that's fun. you do a fire hydrant in the city, which is yeah, also kind of gross because those are all rusty water that comes out of those things. Very Hey Arnold esque. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, oh, I think overall, an okay episode. I mean, corporators, everyone is in suits. I like it. I guess some of the plot, I didn't really think about too hard about why they needed a business, but I, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Casey Jones, we don't really get a, I don't know if this is the last time we see Casey, but I'm not really sure what happens to him. I don't think it's the last time. Um, however, like the name of the episode, awesome. Turns out episode itself lackluster although there were like casey had a great episode so i get why yeah. steve likes this one so much um because yeah. he is just like a savage just like destroying <laughs> shit threatening people um but overall yeah like this is we just had a down episode with mine last episode wasn't it yeah yours yeah, sucked, your episode mon- sucked. Mutagen monster that was a fucking yeah, terrible mine sucked this one wasn't as bad but like we've had after the original Casey Jones introduction, we've had like two really down episodes. So hopefully the ship corrects itself. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's get into turtleisms. Who among us, because I didn't do it as host, did turtleisms? I'll do them. I feel like I haven't done them in a while. Yeah. I definitely missed some, but here we go. In order of appearance. To Gonzo for me, Michelangelo. My favorite scarfing establishment, Michelangelo. Compadres, he said twice. Exactamundo from Mark- Michelangelo. Mr. Scuzzbucket from Casey Jones. This was my favorite. Totally zoned. That's how we referred to them when they were yeah. hypnotized. That was Mikey. They all said Turtle Power. Uh, Righteous Notion Dude from Mikey. Big Kahuna from Mikey. Mucho Delicado Operation for Mikey, and then Supremo Invention for Mikey. Uh, yeah, and we also had a couple like Lawbreakers, Vermins, um, Scuzz Buckets, I think you may have mentioned, from Casey. Leo dropped a Lawbreaker um, later. I don't know if you had that one. There was a Turtle Power. Did you get that, Chris? Yeah, I get the Turtle Power. S- yep. Slime Ball is what the old Octavius called a uh, Shredder. And then Turtles to the Rescue. That. Turtles to the Rescue was when the Turtles first left the lair to go check into the kidnapping. So other, yeah, other than that, too. you got it all. Yeah. yeah. Good team effort there. Um, no update to the Shellcast Sportsbook. So no bets uh, landed. And I know I had mentioned last episode that we would do a refresh of the um, Sportsbook, but we'll save that for the following episode. Because I had a, I was, I was brainstorming some ideas, and I think I have some good ones that I just want to flesh out a little bit. Cool. So we'll do that. Um, so no updates there, and we will get into the villain power rankings. Which will be, I believe, uh, hotly contested here. Will they? When is it not? Is the real question. Wow. When is it not? 
What did Chris get? We'll do a little show and tell. Just we'll flash off the crane here. Yeah. Since you didn't make an appearance in the episode. Nice. You know what's funny? That's the Super 7 or is that the original? um... This is the original and he comes out. Is that a um, was that a yard sale find or was that an Amazon purchase? This was a Facebook Marketplace purchase. Ooh, nice! You should. Um, it's funny. I was actually looking. I almost sent you the Super Seven version of that for your birthday instead of the Krang hat, which I thought was cooler. Um, but you should check that because it, it it looks pretty cool, just like that version, but bigger and a little bit more um, updated. I would say. Yeah, not to get too far. I almost bought you know the big. Bangarang Krang from he's like four feet tall. I was dangerously close to just buying one of those. But <laughs> nice. A little too much for right now. Maybe a Christmas gift to myself. <laughs> All right. A decent little quick show and tell there. But I will pull up the VPR. So as a quick uh recap, last Week we ended with Krang in the number one spot, Baxter two, Shredder three, the Foot Soldiers four, Bebop and Rocksteady five, the Rat King at six, Rock Soldier seven, Vivaldi Crime Syndicate eight, Trag and Granitor nine, and Frip at ten. A couple things I want to say before we get into this. One, I think we need to every plan. I think for the foreseeable episodes is going to be a failure i don't think shredder is going to defeat these anyone is going to defeat these turtles until potentially the the finale but we don't know so i think the fact that these plans fail while it is notable and the reasons why it is notable i don't think it should be held against any of the villains for why they fail because they're going to fail and then two chris and Andrew, let me refresh your memories here. We did talk a lot about the inactivity. And if there was going to be another episode that villains were inactive, it was going to be significant. So I'm just going to leave that there for there for now. Yeah, I know. Listen, the angle is to get Krang out of the number one spot. Whatever. I don't I'm not opposed to him sliding down because he didn't make any appearance this episode. Not but I do think to your first point that. It is fair to note when somebody is the obvious cause of a planned failure. Yeah. I don't think there really was one in this episode, but for instance, just a little reminder, Shredder getting pied in the face. <laughs> yeah, I would say if, it, if it's like a over-the-top failure, then it's worth noting. If it's just kind yeah. of a run-of-the-mill typical thing that we expect, then probably negligible. And I do feel like Crane and Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady in particular are like overly represented in the failures because there have been in way more episodes than all the other villains. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. a worthy comment. Um, but I do think Crane, well, let's work our way from the bottom up as we normally do, I guess. So who was the first? Yeah. There were no new villains. First appearance of villain power ranking list would be Bebop and Rocksteady, I believe. They had a, I think they had a pretty solid episode here. They, yeah, I was going to say, move them up one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, agreed. They got their points suits, for they the turtles. awesome suits. Yeah, their suits yeah. alone would get them to the four spot. But they did capture the turtles, which is a big deal. And so they have to move up. Have to. Yes. 
I agree. By default, the foot soldiers will come down. And then, so they go up one spot. I don't think they did enough to move above Shredder, Baxter, or Crane, personally. I agree. I would agree. So then the discussion, Baxter and Crane were inactive for this episode. So nothing really, I think, to comment on. It's really just how high yeah. do we want Listen, <laughs> Shredder we all, to go? We know where this is going. You want you want Shredder at one, and then Krang and Baxter move down to two and three. I mean, I'm not opposed. Shredder had a good episode. Pretty villainous. Krang yeah. didn't appear. Yeah. I mean, although I, I will note they thought it was Krang's plan. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Krang's plan? I mean, I think Krang was involved, whether or not it was noted. It wasn't noted, but. Well, in the next episode, if there's mention of this plan, then we can reassess. But yeah. I think at the very least, Crane falls to two. And yeah, I think Shredder got got to go to one. Yeah. Yeah. I just. So that just was happened. Crane was riding high for a while there. Yeah. He, he had was... a long stretch. Maybe like two months almost where he was just in the one like yeah. every day. If he just kept fucking going, he was in the the knucklehead and then hasn't made an yeah. appearance since he got flung into the air and captured or caught Randy Moss style. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he wasn't right. he wasn't in the last one either. No, he's literally not even appeared. Yeah. Right. Was he in the last one? Yeah, not even made a He was he wasn't even referenced in Apart from that one turtles reference, I was Shredder was going to say talked about him. Yeah, yeah. So we got a big switch up on the VPR. Shredder now number one raises two spots. Krang falls to number two. Baxter falls to three. Bebop and Rocksteady up to number four, and the Foot Soldiers at five. No movement in the remainder of the rankings. Very so nice. very nice. Very nice. We need some new recurring villains. Get them up on the fucking board. You're not wrong. Yeah. You are not wrong. Okay. That, my friends, was the villain power rankings. We will now move into the results of last week's Pizza Bowl. Chris, would you care to remind us what the question was? Sure. The question was, if I remember correctly, what I don't remember what the question was. Is what the, is best the best breakfast, breakfast food? food James. Oh yeah, the best breakfast food. What is it? <clears throat> I had the first pick and went with a staple, the sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. Andrew, in a move that I respect and appreciate, chose the McDonald's hash brown with his pick. Great, I'd say probably the greatest singular breakfast item, but you know, can it satiate you for an entire meal? I mean, we didn't say you're only limited to one. Yeah, no, we didn't. So, <laughs> up for interpretation, I guess. Yes. So, this poll received a total of seventy-six votes. The winner. With 45 of those votes, or 59%, is the sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich. Yes. 
I mean, I wish I could say I was surprised. Actually, you know what? I was a little surprised. When Andrew said McDonald's hash browned, a little bit of fear crept into my heart. But (laughs) it's good to know that people appreciate a nice hearty breakfast sandwich. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Hash brown (laughs) is considered a side for many people, which is fair. Um, But I still think it's the best singular breakfast food, in my opinion. So Yeah, and I will say a little trick. I think we can all agree if you order a little sausage McMuffin and put your hash brown on top of that, quite a tasty little treat. Mm. Wow. I, I've never in my life done that. However, I will be doing that probably tomorrow just to give yeah. it a go. Sometimes I like to take – I'm not a huge fan of the egg on this sausage McMuffin. So I'll take I'll substitute that, or I'll just say don't put that on, bitch, and then I'll put a little hash brown on there. Have you ever yeah. replaced the English muffins with two hash browns and just gone hash brown, a sausage, egg, and cheese on a hash brown? No. That, <laughs> that is, could work too. That does sound delicious. I will say, and this might be a regional thing, the sausage or the steak, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich from McDonald's, one of the most underrated fast food items out there. So if you haven't had it, they they put the caramelized onions on, cheese, a little steak. Sometimes I go without egg on that. It's like a little steak and cheese. Delicious. Wow. Wow, Andrew. I'm sorry. I uh, Late-breaking update to the poll. 77 total votes. Because Andrew just voted in the poll. I did. Some live did. action. Andrew trying <laughs> to boost to the vote. numbers in his favor. <laughs> I didn't know if that would come up in real time. I did forget to vote. It did. And I was doing it as John was talking. And clearly, I voted for my answer because I truly believe in my heart that the McDonald's hash brown is is the best, the goat. The Turtle King did actually vote for Andrew. So the King of Turtles voted for hash browns. Andrew, back on your bullshit with eating pizza again. You will be spinning the wheel this episode. And we had a couple pizzas to add. We had the Moscow special and we had Joey Donut. We did. And they are both upon the wheel. And the wheel is now making an appearance on your screen. Yes. Chris, would a you care hearty... to give us a quick recap of pizza power ups? Yes, I will pull that up as you cut Andrew off from whatever you Yeah, about I was just going to say 65 total entries on the wheel. So lots to choose from. Chris, hit us with those power-ups. Yeah, power-ups are plenty. After the last few episodes, they've been dished out left and right. So, Andrew, you have four respins, one combo slice, one party pizza, and one odds maker. John, three respins, two combo slices, two party pizzas, and an odds maker. And I have two respins, zero combo slices, a party pizza, and an odds maker. So a lot that can be used here. Andrew, which pizza do you not want to eat? Well, um, what screen am I? Does he give us a false answer here? A little false flag operation. No, so I'm not wanting chocolate chili. Mm. Not for me. Uh, Peanut butter and clam, also not for me. (laughs) <laughs> so 
those two from season three, episode 21 are unfavorable in my opinion. Okay. Well, I'd like to use a pizza power up to maximize a pizza that Andrew in the past has said he didn't care for. And that would be fruit cocktail. Ooh, which we just saw. I'd like to max out the fruit cocktail. We did. I'd like to max out the fruit cocktail slot, please. All right, let me just uh, find where that might be. Let me go back to my list, fruit cocktail. Oh, this is way up at the top. Okay. Yeah, this was an early episode. All right, so fruit cocktail has been maximized to about 30%. Quite large. Uh, Any other power-ups to be used pre-spin? None from me. All right, so away we go. I've never maximized it and had it land on there. Never. (laughs) Mm, Get over there. Chocolate fudge, ice cream, pizza, and extra garlic. Oh, (laughs) and extra garlic. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, All right. What even is that? I don't remember that one. That one I feel like I've got a plan for in my head. Uh, but that may not be all. Any other power-ups to be used with this one? <clears throat> no, that's pretty disgusting. No, yeah, none from me. Uh, you know, I know I have a lot of respins, but I'm, I think this will be an entertaining pizza, so I'm going to stick with it. No, no power-ups right. for me. I like it. So Andrew will be eating chocolate ice cream and extra garlic pizza for us next week. Yeah. Do we know what episode that was from? We do. So it was from chocolate fudge and ice cream pizza season three, episode three. So this is early, you know, about 20 episodes ago. Yeah, it was it was uh, Irma's birthday party because we also got the anchovy and butterscotch. That was a big episode. Yep. We got ricotta, anchovy and butterscotch, vanilla ice cream and meatball, pizza pudding, pizza dip. That was that episode. Mm. Pepperoni. Wow, very good, very good. So, well, Andrew, I should say that you should hopefully uh, not have any troubles making that pizza, just given you have an extra hour this week, and I guess for the next um, three or four months here, as this week was daylight savings. So we fell back an hour. How do we miss that at the top of the episode? That was probably the best thing that happened to anyone this week. I could have swore we voted to get rid of that in this country. Felt like that happened last year. And here we are again. I remember distinctly saying this is the last daylight savings time. And what do you know? My dog has been freaking out all day because he's an hour off his food (laughs) schedule and he doesn't understand the time. And It's not just dogs that are impacted. It's also children, which yeah. mine woke up and, you know, at the you know, crack ass of dawn, as it's called in some places, and uh, they're off schedule as well. So I like daylight savings in theory, but we've moved past the need for it. And honestly, like we should the U.N. should just vote to eliminate it from the world. Does Canada do? 
Does Canada do. observe? Yeah. Canada does. And what's crazy is like, right, we know Arizona, the state, does not observe it. So that's wild. Yeah. Number two, there's Europe goes daylight savings like a week early, which I don't get. Nice. Yeah. So it's just one of these things where I don't know if it's intentional by like the the world just wants to create a little chaos. Like nobody can get too comfortable because we're just going to throw you this curveball where ev everything goes to shit for like a week and then you get back on track. I don't know. But yeah, I like the extra sleep. Big clock is out here making sure everyone stays yeah, in their schedules. Big minutes yeah. just fucking, fucking people over. Well, fuck analog or whatever. Now everything updates itself. You lose the old... Sorry, forgot it was daylight savings time. Excuse. Oven and microwave. Yeah. Well, those are, let's be honest. If the power goes out or something happens, you just wait for the next cycle. <laughs> Not changing those every five fucking minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, so what is going on with your oven and microwave? Just on random, random times. Clearly. It's what? connected to his Wi-Fi, which is fucking back to being dog shit. So. Yeah. Well, I also hate my oven and my microwave. The yeah, internal not, clocks run at different rates. Yes. And I hate Ooh, when they're one you. minute off from each other. It drives me nuts. Yeah. You so can't, that's what, I can't sync them. So it's just like one goes crazy and the other one, I never know what time it is when I walk in there anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what I was going to say is my microwave and oven are not synced with whatever the cadences of normal clocks or the same cadence between those two and I have the same issue they're always off by a couple minutes hmm. well what else well you know what else is off um, the pizza poll for this week so Andrew you will be reading the question I have the fortune of going first Chris can he make it two weeks in a row of winning a pizza poll yeah, we will see. I think so. We will see. So, the total number of questions, Andrew, will be hold please. 44. 7, 44. 44. 11, 1, 1. Wow. This is a crazy question if I've ever seen one. And I will be answering first. The question is, if no one ever sneezed again, how long would it take for the world to notice? Well, this is a great question, actually. So who answers first, John? I do. Very nice. I do. Um, <laughs> this, I, I feel like I need to reason through this a little bit. Because I, I guess I like how many times do you really hear someone else sneeze in a day or a week? Really, not that often. I don't think. Maybe if you have kids, it's a little bit more. And you know, depending on the time of year, maybe that has a factor into it. But if no one ever sneezed again, how long do I think it would take to notice? I'm going to say three months. Fuck. That was literally my answer. Yeah. I'm going to say three That's months exactly because it's like enough for a change of a season. And I feel like with allergies and stuff and eventually someone would be like, hmm, it's kind of odd that I haven't sneezed in three months, but yeah. 
I'm going three months. Yeah. So three, that sucks because that was my answer. And my logic was similar where first you have to come to the realization that you aren't sneezing or yeah. somebody like you're whoever you live with. Then you have to be concerned enough to tell somebody I haven't been sneezing and have them also realize. <laughs> and then it has to like get enough groundswell where they're like, wait a minute, is nobody sneezing? Let's <laughs> test to see if people can sneeze. So I, I was going to say three months. I'll say, I'm going to say two, just because I think the optics of looking at a poll, people are going to instantly say three months is way too long. Even though in reality, I think it might actually be longer than that, but I'll say two months. Andrew, I, what you say? <clears throat> I'm not in the poll, um, but the first thing that came to my head is one dinner session with dad <laughs> yeah. would determine if uh, nobody in the world is sneezing anymore because he sneezes after every meal that he eats, it seems like. Um, and so if he's not sneezing, I know something's fucking wrong. But I do think like on a realistic note, probably like the season change would be the most obvious, right? Because I think Chris is right. If I stop sneezing for a while maybe not super suspicious, but then if my wife and kids stop, then I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, but allergies, everyone has them throughout certain times of the year, spring, fall. Uh, so yeah, three, two, three months seems reasonable, but to test the hypothesis, Chris would take some time too. So yeah. Trial yeah. runs. I just, nothing feels better than a sneeze too. It's always good when you get, <clears throat> the sneeze too where you get like a little bit of like boogers that just shoot out like into your hand yeah. or whatever and you're just like man i'm clearing up with the system like it's gross yeah. but what a wild way you, for your body to just be like get this shit out of me flinging out the nose yeah it's like the you control ever, control alt delete of like your nose so you're just like bam, 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 bam. task manager you ever sneezed and farted at the same time yeah that's when the the human body takes a screenshot of itself yeah <laughs> That's what Buddhists refer to as nirvana. <laughs> yeah, sneeze is great. Um, what was I going to say? The issue with sneezing, it's never just one, though. Like, it's, I feel like it's, oh. mul they come in multiples. Like, you can't yeah, just That's the problem, though. Time. One sneeze I'll allow. When somebody sneezes more than once, it's like, get it under, it's like the hiccups. Like, be an adult and fucking control your stuff. <laughs> Or leave the room or something, at the very least. Farting about, um, gets funnier the more you do it, though. <laughs> for you, but if you're if you're yeah. with someone and they keep farting and it yeah, smells... Or like on a plane, you're just like, come on. We actually had this... Actually, I'll tell a quick little story here. Uh, I was at a birthday party a couple weeks ago. A child, <laughs> child's birthday party. And there were people there, obviously, that I didn't know at all and never met before. Um, and the uh, parent says out of the blue, as we're eating cake, I want to say son, I'm not using names here intentionally, but son, did you just fart? She said she, the parent <laughs> is saying this uh, with everyone hearing like very loudly. Did you just fart? And the kid says, yes. And then there's something about, like, you shouldn't be doing that. And then five minutes later, the parent goes, did you just <laughs> fart again? So it's one of those, like, to Chris's point, you would think it's funny if it's you doing it. But for me, I'm like, get me the fuck out of this place if <laughs> yeah. 
this like There's... seven-year-old child is just openly tearing ass and on the, the cake and the and the parent is yeah like during eating time i'm like what is going on in the world so <laughs> yeah farting that. is the biggest disparity between when you do it it's the funniest thing on earth when anyone else does it it's disgusting and they're an animal yeah yeah yes i don't know if other animals a... fart on each other it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> i for some reason i remember thinking that when a whale farts it's enough to kill a person <laughs> that maybe i maybe i made that up i think what i'm thinking of is very well be made up whale like whale noises are so loud that it could kill a human just based on the decibels that travel through the water that's how Don't loud rupture your eardrums or whatever yeah yeah i think um, i have heard that yeah i also so here's a little known fact i don't know if this is scientifically proven or not but it could be the older that you get and the more children you have, the louder your sneezes get. Dads across the nation have the loudest sneezes known to men. All dads. I clearly that's a joke, right? That's fucking yes. not a fact. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, I do. I do want to say just for you know, just as a disclaimer out there, we don't want to be spreading false information, John. Yeah. Um, the. I want to call it like the apex. No, not the apex. The what's the word like climbing up to? Like the before it crescendos. What's that called? Like the, the build up? ramp up, ramp up, build up. Yeah. yeah, ramp up or build up to a sneeze. The people that are like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that drives me fucking crazy. Like the sneeze itself, you can't control that. It's just like <laughs> the ramp up where it's like ah, that fucking drives me nuts. So anyone that does that figure it out i feel like it's a lot of dads that's the whole reason i brought that up it's a dad thing it's like an old man thing um it's unnecessary it's very much unnecessary. sometimes though if you try and hold it in and it's just like it's all nose it kind of hurts a little bit yeah it's like your brain's why? gonna come out here's yeah. what i don't understand i've never held in a sneeze like why would you ever want to like your eyeballs feel like they're gonna explode out of your head every time that happens yeah People that hold them in are always the people that get a lot in a row. I think it's just because they're embarrassed. So you get to like the ting, ting. It's like a machine gun. It's girls. <laughs> girls do it. It's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've I've had a couple words. Like I, I'm trying to hold it. I'm in like a meeting or something and I try to hold it in and then it's all through the nose and that's when the boogers just start flying yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, but it also and you're just, it sounds like you, like, weirder. Oh, just let it out because you sound weirder, and then you have all yeah all the like fluids that come around, coming out of some alternate um, orifice. So yeah, you know, actually, um, in a very, I've I've learned that it is very American to sneeze into your elbow, <clears throat> like the sneezing into your elbow. Yeah. Not other countries don't do that. Yeah, because they're gross. They sneeze into their hands. That's how it's like. How people can tell you're an American if when you're traveling abroad is if you sneeze into your elbow. Yeah, isn't that Which crazy? Is funny? Because for us as kids, you do the Dracula. I think now they tell them the dab. <laughs> they fucking pa. Dracula. What are you talking about? You didn't do that when you were in elementary school. They're like kids that would sneeze into their hands. The teacher would say, "Sneeze like Dracula," because he puts the cape over. Oh, I want to suck your blood. Never heard that. What did they? How did they teach you? I don't know. Sneeze into your elbow. 
sneeze like Don't a be vampire. A savage. Yeah. He puts Anyways. his. You know what he's talking about? He puts his little cape. Yeah. Over everyone his nose. knows. Yeah. Nice. To our to our Transylvanian friends. Uh, all right. So I say three months. Chris says two months for sneeze. Um, and that's the pizza poll. Any uh, and that's the episode actually. So any last words before we cut this baby off? Maybe everyone's a little bit hungover from all the Halloween candy, but I thought you never asked John. Uh, Halloween was great. So we didn't touch out the top of the hour. So I hope you enjoyed our Halloween themed episode. I thought it was great. Better than the actual TV episode. Uh, Lots of candy. Lots of cavities will be coming for children across the globe especially in the united states but i am taking a red-eye flight this week my first in a long time uh what do you guys what are your thoughts on red eyes red eyes horrible yeah i don't like flying i haven't i don't fly that much i hate flying whatever i can't sweep on a plane i've never also really felt jet lag so maybe it's because i haven't taken a red eye I'm actually going to re- I'm going to revise this. Red eyes garbage for how you feel afterwards, but amazing for the fact that you can get to wherever you need to go and you're there in like the morning and you're like you don't really miss any of the of the day. I should say. Yeah. Like going to Europe, right, is probably the most like for Americans, probably the most common red eye, like maybe it's like for only a lot of red eyes. First. Yeah. It is only red eyes. So I do agree with you, like from an efficiency standpoint, like on paper, red eyes are like a no brainer. But then when you do it, every time I do take a red eye, the morning that I land, I'm like, why the fuck did I do that again? Like to myself, I will never do it ever again. And here I am a couple of years later, taking another red eye. So I'll let you know on next week's episode, how I'm feeling. Yeah. The last red eye I took was from Tahiti to San Francisco. And I should say that was, I had the lay down seat. So that was actually a great red eye. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Red eye, like international first class, is a whole other yeah. game than just red like eye coach. Red eye. Yeah, red eye coach. <laughs> different story. Different yeah. story. That's like you know. Here's my experience with red eye and coach. <clears throat> oh, this isn't so bad. An hour later, why uh, is the TV not turning off? Uh, an hour later why the fuck are they playing a video an hour later why is the flight attendant coming up and down the aisle with this two hours later okay I'm actually asleep now three hours it's really hot five hours later I'm waking up in a zombie and I hate myself yeah and act there's never enough air on a fucking plane I hate I hate flying so much yeah it's the worst people go to the bathroom uh, on a plane way too much Hold it as long as you can. People are just, oh, I gotta stretch my legs. I'll go to the bathroom. No, stay in your seat. You only get up if you're gonna pee yourself. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> peeing during a red eye flight can be challenging. So if you don't get the aisle, you might be screwed and just box in because somebody's snoring next to you. So, yeah. in any event, uh, hopefully my red eye flight is more enjoyable than this episode. But yeah. uh, I'll check in later. Yeah, we'll see. Chris, any final words? No, I'm excited. Hopefully, I get a good episode next week. I didn't. I think it's metal, like super bebop and rocksteady or something. It sounded like a good one, I think, when I saw it. Yeah, so next week's episode, uh, I did have it up here uh, on my screen. So it's episode number 40, 
four for TMNT Shellcast, which is season oh, three, episode number. 26, which is Pizza by the Shred. Nice. Hmm. Hopefully this a big one, pizza episode. This one I remember. So um, I think it's I think it's a decent average episode, I would say. All right. Well, we have that to look forward to. So uh, signing off this episode on behalf of Andrew and Chris, I am John, and thank you for listening to the TMNT Shellcast, and we will see you next week. Cowabunga. Cowabunga from Canada. Cowabunga, eh? Cowabunga, eh? <laughs> Don't just make the same fucking joke I did. <laughs> just repeated my joke. He said it better, though. He said yeah. It better. yeah. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Bye. Bye.